this is the Minnesota Sports Insider Podcast. Here, we talk about all things Minnesota sports. Wild, Wolves, Vikings, Twins. We cover it all. Try to take a deep dive. We try to break down players' development, how the trade market looks, how our GMs are evolving over time, and everything all Minnesota sports right here. Back with the Minnesota Sports Insider Podcast. Skyler is joining us again once talking about the Wolves today. Um, let's just get into it. Let's just, and we're going to have a kind of open dialogue about this. So, you know, we, interesting, right, Sky? Like, we, we, you know, what do you, there was a couple of things that happened today. I mean, I'm not sure how to think about this. Like, you know, nothing concrete, nothing exact, but we know that. Um, Ben Simmons, uh, is what, 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 what kind of came out today, Sky? There's some heat on Twitter today that Ben Simmons would be a good fit in Minnesota. Uh, a lot of big names are coming out, uh, saying that, uh, Kendrick Perkins said something on Twitter. He joined actually Bali sports, uh, that network channel. And he was talking about how, the point guard would be a really good fit in Minnesota and not the Golden State Warriors, which is one of the main contenders that we're um, fighting, fighting to get Simmons from, um, as the Warriors are pressing him in as well. Uh, there's another dude who tweeted something like, um, like Ben Simmons would be open to the idea of playing with his friends and, uh, Minnesota, his friends being Cat and Velo. So, I mean, uh, just a lot of heat on Twitter today. Yeah, I don't know if it's um, stemming from Ben Simmons or just so happens the media just wanted to talk about Ben Simmons today. But, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I I even know – I'd even hear about that, about Kendrick Perkins. That's pretty interesting to hear. Like – um, because the guy who originally broke some news last Thursday was a guy who Brandon Scoop uh, Johnson, who works for Bali Sports down in California, and he, and he kind of even reiterated someone who else who worked for Bali Sports that reported the same thing. And for those of people that are Minnesota fans, just know this: Bali Sports isn't just a Minnesota thing. Thing like when it comes to the Bali Sports account, Bali Sports is is owned okay or was owned or was a thing of Sinclair then turned to Bali but that all stations down in California so when you see the Bali sports account tweet something about Ben Simmons could go to Minnesota Minnesota could be interested in Ben Simmons um that isn't like from a biased media group from Minnesota that's coming from people down in California that know something which, funny enough, where does Clutch Sports happen to live? Sky, you have any intel there? Sports, the agent, like Chris Paul, Clutch Sports? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure they're based out of California. Yep. Or, yep. Yeah. So, you know, like, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. It, it's, uh, it will, you know, another thing. Another thing, I'll let you speak on this in a second, Sky, okay? I'll get your opinion here in a few seconds. But the whole 
Warriors versus Wolves. Let's talk about that. Who's the better fit? So the Wolves are the better fit, I I personally think. And I think a lot of people would also agree because there's one glaring issue that Draymond Green and Ben Simmons sharing the court would be like absolutely disastrous. I feel like for spacing, um, I just, I don't see that working. I don't, and I, do you see that working? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't. Um, there's an interesting thing. Some people, you, you would put, so whatever team, if it's a three team deal with the Warriors and the Sixers, say that, say you get the Wizards, say you get the Toronto, say you get, say you get uh, Portland. Um, well, any of those teams, okay, like, they Draymond Green is likely not to be like if you if to, to any of those teams they're not looking if they're if Dame's getting traded like Dame wouldn't or sorry Green wouldn't be a good fit going back to a now rebuilding Portland uh, aging Green wouldn't make any sense whatsoever even if you attach other assets to be honest with you because um, it wouldn't allow them much flexibility in their cap room. Same goes with Wizards. Why would they want? They would want younger, more pieces than than Draymond Green. And same goes for Toronto. It wouldn't make sense. So you wouldn't be trading Green into even if it was to a third team to get Ben Simmons out of 76ers land to Warrior land. And now that leaves us with the discussion of well, Green and Simmons in that scenario would have to be uh, on the same on the same team. Now I did talk about earlier today. I tweeted about you could. You could then trade if you're the Warriors. You could trade Draymond Green to a to a different team and get a good score, and that's very possible. I think that's actually an action play that you could definitely do um, potentially with with Draymond Green. Um, but you, to me, if we're talking about Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Simmons on the same team, I I won't say that you can't be a good team because I'm sure that would be a playoff team. But I think in the playoffs there would be some serious issues because if if you just double team or you just take away Steph and you pick him up full court and you just bug him all game, wear him down, and now you're just left with Ben Simmons and Clay Thompson, you know, it, it just becomes pretty easy to guard, a lot easier to guard. And I'm not sure you want to ask Clay Thompson to be the guy putting up 30 points coming from almost three years and not playing professional basketball. Right, like you, you want to make sure you, you still got Clay Thompson for the foreseeable future because there's a lot of question marks. Um, I, let's just let's just play a scenario game. Like, how could this be a good fit? How I, let's just be overly pop. How could it be a good fit for the Warriors, Sky? How could Ben Simmons be a good fit for the Warriors? So I just want to bring up one other point where how it wouldn't really work if you were paying. Draymond Green, Ben Simmons, Klay Thompson, and Steph Curry. I mean, that average salary would be north of thirty million. I think I would think. Um, and then at that point, that is your entire salary cap going to four guys, and then like, and you're already in the luxury tax. So like, from a pure salary standpoint, I don't even think you could have those four guys on like the roster and build around that you, you would have no one else 
like you'd have everyone else on minimum contracts. But let's just say like for whatever reason, the Warriors just went insanely into the luxury tax and did that. Um, I could see Draymond Green coming off the bench at, at in a sixth man role. Like I personally think Draymond Green should probably be like a six man off the bench type of player just because he is so bad offensively. I mean, he's a decent passer, but just can't shoot at all. Um, so I think if they staggered Ben Simmons and um, Draymond Green in that way, I think it could definitely work uh, because, I mean, defense is also just so important in the playoffs. And when you have those two studs on defense, like, I mean, like you said, they're definitely going to be a playoff team. They're going to be a great team, but you're going to run into problems eventually down the road when you face those high quality teams in the playoffs. But I, I mean, I could see it working in that way where Draymond Green is going to come off the bench, but also, um, that is a theory that Draymond Green would have to get behind, and I don't know for sure if he is okay coming off of the bench. Bingo. I think you nailed it. I think you absolutely nailed it with that. Um, I For a second, I just, just completely forgot about the contracts. I mean, it's just a fact. If you have those four guys under contract on the same team, you are not only at the luxury tax, you are actually – about 10 to 15 million dollars over the luxury tax and to give people an idea of what that means is if you're 10 million dollars over the luxury tax you're paying almost a hundred million dollars in taxes i'll tell you that right now even these billionaire owners that matters it does matter and to give you more context to give the people context how likely is it a team that will go into the luxury tax or do it multiple years in a row it's done one time. One time has a team done a two, gone into the luxury tax since 2010, two years in a row. In fact, the Lakers since 2010, the Los Angeles Lakers, owned by the buses, okay, Genie Bus has not gone into the luxury tax more than twice in the last 10 years. And think about it. They've had Kobe on those teams. Yes, that was the end of the Kobe era. They've had now LeBron. They've had Anthony Davis. Okay? That's the Lakers, one of the richest teams in all professional sports. And they are not going to go into that repeater tax. Um, I'll tell you this right now. Bob Myers and their ownership, is they're not going to go in that kind of luxury tax hole. So like you said, there's just no way. There's just no way that those four guys would be in the same team. It's just not possible so at that point i think it, it would stand that green would have to be traded and then the, then the question begs you know how are the relationships would curry get upset would clay thompson be upset would steve Kerr be on board with that would, would they value a ben simmons who doesn't know the system more than draymond green who is legitimately their captain and their leader and the heart and soul of the Warriors. I get it. Steph Curry is the best player. There's no doubt about that, right? And Klay Thompson, you could argue he might be the second most important player on that team as a fan. But if you ask, if you ask Steph Curry, if you ask Klay Thompson, if you ask Bob Myers, if you ask Steve Kerr, who is the heart and soul leader of that team and who communicates, it is Draymond Green. And to, to go from Green 
who's a 31, 32-year-old, you know, three or four or five positionally, um, and then go to Ben Simmons, you have to ask yourself, is that a sort of a lateral move? Meaning, is that a move that, does that really move the needle? Like, yes, you get younger. Yes, you probably can turn that asset into a, a better asset than a Draymond Green if you ever were to trade Simmons. But how much are you getting better? And I guess it would depend on what you got back for the Draymond Green thing, you know, and then the last – I'll, I'll say it one more time. The, the dynamic of the room, if you trade Green to get Ben Simmons, how many people in that – locker room are completely on board and like Ben Simmons. I don't know. I can't answer that, but I'll just say that there's a lot of dynamics to fall the right way. So let's, it's going to, I'm going to transition here into the wolves. So um, I, I think I just, I popped on Twitter. I've been kind of busy today and I saw that Johnny K Johnny from the athletic Krasinski, um, our guy, the guy that, reports things before Woj even does. The guy that legitimately, Sky, is one of the few last remaining beat guys that works for the athletic that can legitimately beat Adrian Wojnarowski to the punch when news comes out of Minnesota. In fact, he corrected Woj on the trade for Ricky Rubio, he had to correct him to say this is actually the trade. So just just saying, Johnny K, you are you are a gem, and there are not a lot of people that can do have that inside guy over Woj in, in any NBA team. It's pretty incredible. So, um, you know, he kind of said today that the Wolves are definitely like we know this, looking for Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons and his agent. Clutch Sports have been made it known to Johnny K that he now would like to play in Minnesota. And not only that, what do we see with the Pat Beverly tweets, guy? That was also a very interesting tweet by Patrick Beverly. It was pretty much just <clears throat> the side-eye emojis um, when he was, I think, yeah, he... Um, retweeted a tweet quote tweeted Patrick Beverly did a tweet that said like Ben Simmons would be a great fit next to Cat um D'Lo and Anthony Edwards and Pat Beverly side eye quote tweeted that tweet and I mean it just shows you that I mean these players are almost they're they're honestly trying to recruit Ben Simmons to play here and that's interesting yeah, um, I, I think you said it really well there. Like, and, and then there's another tweet, I believe, following it up, of ben Beverly replying to his own tweet saying 100%. Like, because the tweet that he retweeted was this, I think it was from Ben Steiner, who, I, if I remember correctly, Ben Steiner's either a trainer or he's an agent or he used to work somewhere in the NBA with in, in GM world. Right, it was Ben Steiner. It wasn't side eye emoji. I got that mixed up with something else. No, yeah, but I mean, he tweeted facts. I think. Right, and but point point remains though. Like still, same thing. Like you were saying, like he Ben Steiner is saying, like this is look at D'Lo Towns and it's a contender with Ben Simmons. And I, I, any person that watches the NBA 
and, and I'm sorry, any person who I, you are a casual NBA fan or basketball knowledge, if you are telling me, well, oh, isn't Ben Simmons like a guy that can't shoot anything? Like he just can't, he can't help. Like, no, man, like you don't understand that defense does win you championships. For instance, the Milwaukee Bucks, who was top three in all defensive metrics this year in every category? The Milwaukee Bucks. They had an all-NBA defender in Drew Holiday. They had an all-NBA defender in Giannis Antetokounmpo. And they had two guys that can defend pretty well in P.J. Tucker and even Chris Middleton. And then top of the who, – who had the best defensive rating last year when they won the championship? The Los Angeles Lakers. Um, again, they had two guys that were all-NBA defenders. And, you know, you just go back in time. And funny enough, Toronto Raptors were one of those teams too – um, defense matters, and when you put three guys, D'Lo and Carl, on a team with Simmons, who's a first All-NBA defender, who is, my, in my opinion, he is the best defender in the world. No disrespect to Rudy Gobert, but you've got to be able to guard one through five above average all day long. Rudy can't guard ones. He can guard ones in the paint. How about on the perimeter against Russell Westbrook one-on-one, and there's no backside help? No. Ben Simmons can. There's a difference as a defender. And you put that, you mix that with the core that we have. I'm sorry, negative Nelly Wolves fans. Like, I don't understand sometimes the Wolves fan base. They decide to be positive. Rubio moves, getting him to to the team. And then they decide some of those people, Rubio fans are like, why do we trade him away? You know, like, what what is Simmons going to do? Like, he can't shoot just like Rubio. Like, what are you talking about? Rubio can't play defense like that. Rubio isn't six foot ten. Rubio is not that strong. Rubio literally can't rebound, pass, defend, move the ball, quite frankly, and create like mismatches all over the court. Like Simmons, like Simmons is just is just a much better player to all the, the Rubio stands. And you know, I'm not hating on Rubio. I'm just saying some of our fans need to understand that when you get this kind of core together, you can be a contender. And this isn't some wolves optimism. Uh, session therapy session. This is like reality. Like, you get those four guys. What can we be, Sky? You tell me. Yeah, that is an amazing corp of players. And I just think that they'd fit really well together. Like, Ben Simmons can hold down the defensive front court that's been struggling a little bit at the four position. And surround Ben Simmons with shooters like Cat and D'Lo and you surround him with a playmaker like Ant I mean that is an amazing just an amazing core of players I think it doesn't even at that point it hardly matters what you put around them it does matter for sure if, um, but like it's just it makes your team so much better yeah I just I'm just like really excited as a fan right now. Like I'm just thinking about all the possibilities that we could potentially do, you know, with, with, um, with this group. And I know I'm asking, I'm thinking, well, what are we going to give up? If it's not, if it's not Pat Beverly, cause maybe he knows something that we don't, maybe Gerson went to him and been like, Hey man, we're not trading you. We're here to win. And you know what? We know you haven't missed the playoffs in your entire career, Pat Bev. We know that. We're going to get somebody here, and we're going to make sure that this team, D'Lo, Ant, Towns, Beverly, okay, that we can start to seriously win. And I'll tell you one thing. 
We keep talking about when is that window starting, the window of winning. When can we be competitive? And that's now if you get Ben Simmons. There's no will it, could it, what will happen. No, no, no. You get Ben Simmons, and you are a playoff team, not just like an eighth seed. Like, the expectation will be top six seed at a minimum. Personally, I don't think it's going to be that crazy to think that we easily could be a top five seed in the West. I really don't. Because if everyone plays 60-plus games, there's just enough offense, and you get that kind of defense from – you do keep Pat Bev and Ben Simmons, and, oh, I just can't – I can't imagine it, Sky. I can't – just – just think out loud right now of me, like Pat Bev and Simmons, like, I, oh man, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's a great pairing. We'd be finally great on defense, uh, which we haven't been great on defense in forever. And like you alluded to, um, the last two um, championship winners were top three in defense. But in order, like this, this is what I'm thinking, like. In order to get Ben Simmons, I mean, it honestly comes down to what other teams around us can, like, if they can outbid us. And, like, we already went over, like, the Warriors. They they can't, uh, or it just wouldn't really work for the Warriors to outbid us. Um, I was, And then, so I was thinking of other teams that, like, what other teams could outbid us for Ben Simmons. And I just thought of one. The Miami Heat would be interesting. Just tell me what you think about like this trade scenario. So the 76ers, they want guards and guards who can shoot. I mean, I think that's very well known. That's what they want. And the Miami Heat have a lot of those guys. They they could, I mean, just this possible trade scenario. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, who will be making $15 million this year. Um and Kendrick Nunn, or did Ken, did Kendrick Nunn, Nunn get, is he still there? Got to check that out. Not 100% sure on that. Okay. But like even, even okay, so even just um, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and like three or four first round picks, I mean, that's a pretty enticing trade off, right? I feel like the Miami Heat could be a sneaky Sneaky bet to get Ben Simmons. And, I mean, the Miami Heat love defense. The Pat Riley loves defense. So, I mean, tell me what you think about that. Is the, Are the Heat uh, potentially a contender to get Ben Simmons with us? I think it's nice. It's good to talk about things out loud. Um, you know, I will never say, no, it's not possible. I will just say that Bam Adebayo, they believe, it answers a lot of the same questions. It, what they believe as an all-NBA defender, as a 6'10", forward as a guy who can guard multiple positions a guy who who actually is a really good passer he's a better shooter than Simmons and who who they just gave a contract ultimately I think Bam Adebayo and, and Simmons really would would not be an ideal fit for for Miami and I and I do think that um I think it would be a little bit of a long shot if if Miami were to work however the amount of of shooters that in terms of like what fits the needs of the 76ers, I think that's the case that it would fit some of the needs of the 76ers, but how much does it really fit of Miami? And I, yeah, they love defense, but again, um, Bam out of bio on that contract with Ben Simmons, I personally don't see it. 
I don't know your thoughts there. I totally over overthought that Bam Adebayo would uh, put a big wrench in it, just like how Draymond Green would put a big wrench in the Warriors. So yeah, yeah, it's it's but it's it's fair to like talk about those things to be honest. Um, you know, like you you never know. We've seen crazy things happen in the NBA. I just I would I would see. I'm gonna let's go back to the Warriors thing. I can't rule them out. Like we see, Sky. We talked about the Warriors not being a good fit for Ben Simmons kind of thing. And and we've also heard – actually, I, I listened to the Ringer podcast that ha- came about three days ago, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forget his name, which is horrible of me. But he works for the Athletic – Marcus Thompson. Marcus Thompson was on the Ringer, and he's, a, he's like our, their Johnny K, you know. And he basically said that the front office um, – it kind of came out pretty recently. The front, they had an article about it that came out this weekend. For an office is are completely split on the idea of trading for Ben Simmons. We don't know who. We don't know if it's Bob Myers. We don't know if it's the scouts. We don't know if Steve Kerr's getting involved. We don't know if the ownership's getting involved. All we know is that the organization, the front office, is completely split on the idea of trading for Ben Simmons. We don't know who's going to be traded, what the package would look like, but it, it we have to clarify that they can outbid the Wolves. The Wolves are the better fit for Ben Simmons. I think we can come to that conclusion. But they have they have just as much draft capital. They have more young guys to trade. They have now like this would in my opinion the better the better um move like where they could outbid us is if the Warriors get in a third team third team kind of deal because their assets don't fit what the 76ers have, but their assets are tremendously strong potentially to a team like the wizards or the Portland trailblazers or who, who knows Toronto. So I just, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens with, with, uh, with all this, but I keep coming back to the, the, the point of, wow, like, you know, we've talked about this guy. We've personally talked about it. I've said it on record. I've said there's no way that Ben Simmons will be playing. I've said this for the last month or two in a 76ers uniform again. This will not be the James Harden situation because the circumstances are so much different. We talked about this on the phone yesterday as well, Sky. Like, you know, we talked about. Well, James Harden played 15, 20 games before he got traded and got ugly. Why wouldn't the 76ers do the same thing? And my response to that is it's a, it's it's the Houston Rockets when they are trading Simmons, they're they're trading and they're going into some sort of rebuild, retooling mode, right? And the leverage is different there. And and in 76ers land world, you have Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid is ready to win now. They have a broken relationship. Like James Harden getting on the on the court doesn't like negatively impact any of their unknown who care play, players. Like their be- second best player was arguably PJ Tucker at the time before he got moved to the Bucks. Like you know what I mean? Like it it just doesn't make sense. Sky thoughts? Um the James Harden situation which uh, it was just a completely different situation. Like, like you're saying, 
there was no one on that roster that, quite frankly, the Houston Rockets front office cared about being there long term. I mean, Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, yeah, they're just they're pieces that don't matter for their future. So they they could do whatever they wanted with um, James Harden. James Harden could pretty much do whatever he wanted, and no one would really get upset just because they didn't have that like power to be upset because they're they're all like nobodies or dying assets and yeah uh sixers it's quite different because joel Embiid is a mvp type player and then right catering to one player's demands that aren't helping you win right now like that would be extremely frustrating for joel Embiid. i mean this team is in a win now mode with Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid knows that. And when he sees the team just not helping him and catering to someone else, who's not even going to be there. Like that's upsetting. Absolutely. I mean, that relationship has been broken. We've talked about the Joel Embiid Ben Simmons relationship to an extent on here. Very, very briefly. We've talked about the relationship lack thereof, um, with Simmons and Doc Rivers, <laughs> it's not good. We've seen, if you've been paying attention to Twitter and Instagram, Ben Simmons' sister, who we know is he's very close with. It's not just this crazy sister just going off the rails. Like but Ben Simmons is it probably voices frustration with Joel and Embiid in that relationship and Doc Rivers and that team. <laughs> You know, to his sister and his sister defended him and kind of took shots at Joel Embiid in in recent weeks. So that relationship is completely, it's it's been made out to the public, and it's awkward. It, it's I mean, people just I think sometimes it's important to realize these the dollars, but relationships are still relationships. Like we see, I'll give you an example. Like look how intense Drake and Kanye treat each other because of their little things that they have in the past, whether stealing information, stealing records, stealing beats, whatever. These people have these emotions that everyone has. Just because they have a million dollars doesn't take those emotions away. And yes, awkwardness is still a thing. Ben Simmons does not want to step on the court and be the guy who gives in. You know what I mean? Look soft. Like he's, he doesn't matter and he just shows up to give the 76ers a little bit more leverage on a trade. I would Ben Simmons want um, to give or help the 76ers gain leverage when he's going to be traded and he's been treated poorly. He's going to do everything in his power, rightfully so, to be honest, uh, to, to, to gain leverage for him to get out of Philly. He doesn't want to buy more time for Philly. That makes zero sense. Right. And, and, and the rest of the team, like Joel and B doc rivers, I'm sure they don't, they don't, they prior going to ownership saying like, Hey guys, Maury Elton, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be kind of fireworks. If, if we show up with Ben Simmons and, uh, you know, acting like he's on this team, like how serious will training camp go? You know, is that a distraction? That's a real distraction. And this team isn't like, if it could be okay if that was a distraction on a rebuilding team if you trade Simmons, but this this is a team that finished first in the Eastern Conference 
playoffs or sorry in the Eastern Conference regular season last year. This is a team that's ready to win now. Has a veteran coach who's won a championship. Has Joel Embiid, who's been a borderline MVP for the last four years. They have pieces, so this doesn't come as a surprise to me. And I've I've been preaching this a little bit the last few weeks of hey, when September seventh comes around or the first week of September comes around, you're going to start hearing a lot of noise about. Like, I think it's pretty simple. I think Maury and Elton Brand, at some point, because training camp's coming the third week of September, have to start going to teams and saying, hey, we want you to send your best offer by this date. And then by this date, we're going to consider our offers, and then we're going to let you know what we think is the best offer, and you are going to hear what we think is the best offer, and you will have your last chance to bid up. And that is called a timeline. That is called a timeline, but they won't give you an exact date because they don't want to give you that leverage, them being the 76ers. And that's what I think they're doing. They're starting that process right now, and like that's leaking out. And now it's even easier. It, ben Simmons is forcing the hand. They won't admit it by basically going to his agent, going out publicly, telling media members, telling other executives around the league, hey, if, our, if my team's executives won't take me seriously and think I'm a joke, I'm going to talk to other reps around the league and I will make sure that I get out before the season starts because I don't want to waste another year Ben Simmons rotting away on a team that I don't want to be on so I, I don't know what your takes are on, on all that Sky but yeah I was just um, while you're saying that I was thinking of trying to think of a similar example that the 76ers are in and I thought of the Timberwolves with Jimmy Butler um, it was very apparent that Jimmy Butler wanted out that last year and he was trying to cause a lot of chaos and the Timberwolves, um, they brought him into the season and Jimmy Butler played a few games with us that season. Um, he was ultimately traded. Um, but do you see a, a scenario where it could be anything like that. I mean, because um, no. we we do have we did have young stars at that time in Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins. So like the, it wasn't the Timberwolves are doing a Houston Rockets thing. But yeah, is do you see us no, scenario like that? So I don't because this is the difference. Ben Simmons um, made it known according to multiple athletic articles that he's wanted out for multiple months. Jimmy Butler came into training camp with ESPN, Rachel Nichols in sending off the alarm saying, I don't want to be here. It was a week before training camp, literally like September 10th, a week before. And the reason why we didn't treat him is because we literally had to get our shit together and to literally find, okay, this is our plan. Can we convince him? To come back and Thibodeau had that meeting. Didn't work. Like, you know, and and then after you try to get him back in, maybe that's a week or two later and let it cool things down, then you have to start realizing, okay, let's scan the league. What players do we want? What direction are we gonna take? That's a process. It takes two months, you know, to, to make that process on a big trade like that because you put a lot of assets to get Jimmy Butler. So I think it's a completely different scenario. Um because Ben Simmons, this hasn't been like, this isn't like today, Ben Simmons, I want out. Like, 
he's wanted out since the end of the playoffs when the 76ers were literally throwing Pepsi cans at his face while they lost in the playoffs. And he was missing free throws and couldn't shoot and was passing up on lamps. The whole it's not even just the, the the team doesn't want him, the players don't want him, the coach didn't like him for some reason. It was the fans would trade him for a bag of rocks. Thankfully, the for the 76ers, that's not how the NBA trade market works. But it, yeah, to me, it's a different scenario. Sure. Um, do you would you want do you want to talk about potential trade? How that would look for the Wolves and the 76ers for Simmons or? Yeah, we can talk real briefly. We'll wrap this up in the next four or five minutes here. You know, it, 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 we've, we've talked about this per, at, at pretty good length. You know, I'll just sum it up real quick. You know, it, it's it's going to have to be either Bever- or Beasley and Prince plus McDaniels plus three or four first-round picks to that – something to that degree with the picks, you know, anywhere from two to four. But it's going to have to be Beasley and Prince, or it's going to have to be Beverly and Beasley, or Beverly and Prince, which I, I don't, I, I think Beasley's gone either either way. But that's, and you have to add McDaniels in either of those option trades with multiple first. So to me, that's, that's what's going to have to be. And, and to, to go beyond that, like everyone's saying, it's going to have to probably take a third team, maybe a fourth team. Uh, to make those things work, you know, I, yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add there. Um, I just want to make the point and like on the record that I'm 100% behind trading like a Beasley and a Torian Prince and um, uh, Jared or um, fuck, what's his the fucking tall dude, Jaden McDaniels, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and like four first round picks because people are saying like that's so much value to trade away and like yes it is like Jaden McDaniels is this like young stud that's coming up and like three or four first round picks is like so many first round picks but like if you don't make include Jaden McDaniels and Jaden McDaniels is the reason why the Wolves don't make that trade then you are literally putting the entire future of the Wolves future on Jaden McDaniels and like it's indirect Jaden McDaniels won't feel that really I mean but it's just that's kind of how I see it um if you don't make that trade absolutely you know it 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 does indirectly it to me uh Dave Moore has alluded to this I think he said it really well are you going to choose the like are you going to eventually have to choose the D'Lo and Cat era in the future? Are you going to go with that? Are you going to go with the Ant and McDaniels era? Or are you going to try to like do something else? Plan C and get McDan- McDaniels is out of this equation. You add in Simmons with D'Lo and Ant and Towns, and eventually you have to figure out uh, who's your three going forward. Well, that's a good problem to have because you can cash in on one of those assets. And you can still win now. You can accomplish everything. And the assets that you're trading away are first-round picks and Jaden McDaniels and Beasley. But you are trading that for a win-now scenario. You are trading that for a chance at building something actually special, something that I can say 
on the record is if you do this kind of thing, you get Ben Simmons on the team. This is a this is a team that could produce similar win totals as the KG era in Minnesota, and that's something exciting. That's that's huge. So um, I think we're gonna leave it at that. A um, little bit into this podcast now. I appreciate everyone uh, listening to this. Hopefully, we'll hear some more news by the end of the week. I will say again that date to be remembered is training camp that third week of September it, you're going to start hearing by this week by next week you know if there's going to be some steam rolling on Ben Simmons and I can't wait it, I I think it's going to come down to a two team race and I think I would lay down I don't know if you can bet that'd be a weird bet but if you can bet that in in Vegas or somewhere in Bavada um that you the Wolves will be one of those final two teams bidding on or trying to get Ben Simmons. I, I, I just think it will be like that. And who, the other team, I, I still believe it's the Warriors. But if the Warriors end up saying, you know what, I think I think we're too split. We don't want to do this. Um, we're going to go a different direction. Then that's then that really, to me, just leaves the Wolves. And there might be another team that pops up. I'm sure of it. But um, the, the, the discussions and the assets, I'm not sure a lot of teams would be willing to, to basically give up a lot of different kind of assets, trade, draft capital, young players, players with a lot of upside as the Wolves. The only other team that I see that could outbid us realistically that would be a fit and financially not like in, in bad terms would be the Warriors. We'll have to let it play out. But the next 14 days will be absolutely crucial as this thing starts getting heated up uh, before training camp starts. But beyond that, see you in the next pod. Thank you for joining the Minnesota Sports Insider Podcast.